0: all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fucksters what the fucking ears what's happening what is what the fucking avians yeah how's that because i'm in scandinavia it's kind of a riff on scandinavians did you get that did you dig it i did that for all the people that will you know hopefully have come to my show last night i've traveled to uh Oslo, Norway, which is where I'm at now in a hotel room that is overlooking the National Theater, which is quite a building. It has been a a fun and exciting trip here to the uh, birthplace of Minnesota and it gives me a whole new insight into the upper Midwest of America. But uh but Norwegians and and uh, Swedes in their environment, very pleasant people. It's beautiful up here though. Honestly, and don't tell Sweden this but I'm enjoying Oslo a little more. Maybe I've just locked into the groove. Maybe I've uh, relaxed into it a little bit, or maybe it's just there's something different about this city. I like both of them, but Oslo is very beautiful. We, I went to a castle. It was around a long time ago, and then they made some renovations. It has been used on and off uh, over the years. There's several different types of rocks involved from different eras that things were built on. It's up on a hill. Uh, there's a uh, bricks and wooden doors. There's archways. There's, um, holes for cannons and they overlooks a, a fjord. I believe it would be, I believe that I'm now just half a two, two blocks away from a fjord, which I don't think I have been before. And, uh, Went to a lovely museum here. Great, great contemporary art collections in both uh, Sweden and and here. I, I would tell you the name of that um, of that gallery if I could. Oh, here I have a, I have the museum guide right here. It's the Astrup Fernley Musit Musit Musit. I I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. Let's just say museum. And I saw some great stuff there. I did. I, I really did. And Sarah even liked most of it. It was it was exciting to go see contemporary art where uh, where it's it's very personal for her because these are people she knows she's got her tastes and uh, I need to be educated sometimes I don't uh, I don't quite know uh, why things I like are uh, are important or not important but I learn I learn which is a nice way to say I take it folks I take it <laughs> oh boy having a good time out here on the road good times so we went to the viking museum to a viking museum and i saw a viking ship and there was a bunch of viking artifacts around and i don't know i feel very connected to it i'm not i'm not sure what i'm experiencing here in norway but uh but i feel very connected and I, i i highly doubt that i have any unknown viking ancestry so it's possible, it looks like they got around. It looks like they, at some point they might have even dipped into Poland. They, it looks like they parked a ship if I was looking at the routing correctly. They made it all over the place. Ireland, I believe Dublin, if I'm not mistaken, from the two sentences I read earlier that I'm, I'm assuming are true, might have even been founded by by Vikings. There seemed to be some Gaelic Viking crossover, but they got around, man. They got all the way down around to the top of Africa. They got around in the Mediterranean Sea, and then they 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 kind of you know, kind of moved up. They noodled up uh, into uh, Europe, and it looks like they might have touched ground, uh, just outside of Poland, and and hiked down into Poland, perhaps doing some uh, conquering, some pillaging, maybe a little raping. So I'm not saying I'm not saying that I have any viking in me what i am saying what i am positing here is that it's possible and perhaps i should get my genetics done because i would like to know if i have any viking in me because the pull is pretty strong up here but i'd like to believe that i am one of um, a select few viking jews you know the viking jews the jews that you know got a little queasy on the boats weren't great with swords Ah, uh, but uh, but but see that then see what I'm stereotyping. I'm I just caught myself in a st- I was stereotyping Viking Jews. There were some tremendous Viking Jews, uh, very powerful conquerors, conquerors. Goldberg the Almighty was a, as everybody knows, one of the most powerful Viking Jews. Um, there was Stein the frightening, uh, if people remember. There was a uh, Iskowitz, the uh, terror of Poland for a minute. You do look at the the swords and the uh, engravings and stuff, and you find out you find how it's com- It's very compelling, and you can see where the metal guys like it, where the leather guys like it, where, you know, belts, uh, people who make belts and leather things enjoy Viking stuff. People with, uh, uh, you know, hardy beards. I mean, I get it. I get it. People who enjoy wearing uh, helmets with horns on them, which are back. I don't know where you live, but there's uh, I think there's some of that going on in Brooklyn, maybe out uh, in Highland Park where I used to live. You're seeing the horns on helmets again, the helmets that – come all the way down with the steel nose guard um are happening. It was only a matter of time. You know, once the beards came out, it was only a matter of time before the horned helmets would make their way back into coffee shops. Did I mention that Bradley Whitford is on the show today for no real reason? <laughs> He's, <laughs> it's always nice to talk to Bradley. I've met him a couple of times. He's one of those guys that I'm like, I, I know I'm going to get along with this guy. Uh, but he, he he was you know he was a nice chap, but he wasn't really plugging anything. Just came by, wanted to hang out, talk a bit. It was really like that. It was really like that. So what's going on in the states? I got to say, I haven't been watching TV. I've been checking the news occasionally. It doesn't seem like anything great is happening. It does feel like something is falling apart. I just hope it's the right thing. Just, oh boy, I'm too now. I'm a little giddy. I don't know if the air is thin here. It does stay light a long time. It's only about five or six hours of darkness, it feels like. Maybe I don't know. I just we I go to bed, it just got dark at like 9 30 10. I wake up you know, sometimes during the night and it seems like it's light at four or five. I don't you know, I could research I could research all of this. But as some of you know, I like to speculate. I'm enjoying it here. Oh, yeah, I just realized. You know what, you know what might be doing it? I uh, what might be creating some genetic exhilaration and connectivity uh, to this region is a smoked fish like that might be it like I had I had some herring this morning and some smoked uh, salmon and some rye and maybe that's just triggered something maybe it's not genetic at all maybe it just it got all my Jew genes excited and then I felt connected to everything because I'd been fished up in the morning. I got the smoked fish buzz of my people. All right, now I'm going to Google Jews in Norway because I don't know if I'm the only one here right now. Anyways, Bradley Whitford back in the garage. This is still some of the archive from the old garage, and you can see him on the new season of The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, which premieres this week. And, of course, he had a great year in 2017 in the movie Get Out and the other movie, The Post. A lot of Whitford around good guy he's got an edge to him this guy got a little bit of an edge from the midwest too as i recall maybe he's part viking i can't remember if we talked about that two vikings watch out for us in brooklyn we're the ones wearing the helmets with the horns this is me and bradley whitford uh back in the garage i i guess uh, i don't generally talk politics but uh but no i i I, it's, I guess it's Hollywood. I don't know. I, I don't know what this podcast is. I've had a lot of different types of people here, I'd like to think. But I did have a... Yeah, I would had a sitting president.
1: Y- yeah, yeah. But did he sit you know, here?
0: He sat there. He sat here. Yeah, he sat right there. You've uh, met him before, though, haven't you? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: well, okay. Don't you West Wing alumni have special privileges within the Democratic uh, government?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Any of you could just go to the White House and you're like, oh, come on. You're familiar with...
1: I have, to, I have to tell you, it's incredible to me how, as an actor, everybody loves Hollywood. Yeah, They will let you in anywhere. I was doing research for one of the first movies I did, Presumed Innocent, and I was playing a lawyer and they said, well, you can go to court yeah and it was a superior court judge yeah in new york and i walk in and she goes oh you're with the movie come up sit next to me <laughs> yeah. and i'm sitting next to this judge as she's sentencing people presumed
0: innocent though But that was like that was a pretty good uh who directed that was it alan Pakula? yeah right and this was like you know he did the parallax view didn't he- yeah and he did sophie's
1: uh- choice yeah
0: oh that's right all the president's men too
1: yeah, all He's, the presidents' men.
0: That's such a great fucking
1: movie. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's unbelievable, all the presidents' men. But
0: okay, so working on the post. Yeah. So how does that work? You get a you get a script you, you, from Spielberg. You got an audition. What? Yeah, I imagine you got cast. You didn't get. You didn't have to go read for it, did you?
1: I uh, read the original script, uh, and then there was. I heard talk that they were interested in me. And then you go over to Amblin, and you go through some extreme security and a delousing procedure. Really,
0: they got they look in your eye, eyeball, they your look, iris, and they, they thumbprint, and.
1: and then you go into a secure room and you s- sign an NDA
0: At, before reading the script.
1: Yes, right? N- uh, no, <laughs> no, before cuddling with Mr. Spielberg. Uh, <laughs> You're not see
0: you broke the NDA.
1: I'm sorry, like, <laughs> I broke it. I broke it. Um, And so I read it and then... uh, You got to go sit there at Amwin to read it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, And then I was leaving. It was a great script and, and I'm leaving. And then they said, no, he wants to talk to you. And then I go into a room and he comes in. And like as an actor, you're like, you know do I have it? (laughs) You know, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But he was funny. He was like, uh, this character is not a real human being. Uh, this is not a human who existed. It's a kind of an amalgamation of sort of male business interests. Yeah. So he goes, I like it when I don't know it's you, (laughs) which is either a compliment or, 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 uh, or a criticism, but he said, uh, "Throw yourself off a little bit visually." I'm like, "Okay." What does that mean to you in that moment? Uh, I, 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 sur- I, I sort of get what he wants. I immediately go to a joke, like you know, can I give him a, uh, you know, seizures? You know, right, right. I, you know, is is sure. there something like uh, a tick, a tick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, mild Tourette's, mild Tourette's, yeah. Uh, I actually joked with him about that, about the, the opportunity. Like, I could do something incredibly crazy and specific. And everybody watching this movie would think, wow, he must be nailing it because nobody would just play it, <laughs> play it like that. Right. And then he said, I want you it sound a little different, but. Then you. Then you. And uh-huh. I'm like, an accent? Uh, uh, and he goes, yeah, but I don't really want to know it's an accent. And I'm like, <laughs> so like a half ass accent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: He's basically just saying, like, don't bring yourself too much to this part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, leave you at I home. I want you.
1: But I need you to act. Not that you, much. Yeah. And then, but the funny thing is that <laughs> yeah. I go, like, it's a complicated script. It, yeah. You
0: know, it moves around. A little too much for my...
1: <laughs> okay. okay. I, I liked okay. it. You were good in it. Steven, okay. uh, that's, uh, that's what Mark Maron thinks of you. <laughs> um Yeah. So I said, are, "Are we gonna rehearse?" And he goes, "No, nah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't like to rehearse." Uh, he goes, "Meryl wants to rehearse," but I, and I'm like, yeah. "Maybe you should do what Meryl wants." Yeah. Um, and he goes, "No, I don't like to rehearse." And I think there are virtues, actually, weirdly, uh, to not rehearsing. And I go, "Well, when's read through?" and he goes, "Oh, I don't like read throughs." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, Meryl wants one of those." And I said, "Why don't you like read throughs?" And he said, uh, "Because it gives everyone the impression that this process is more democratic than it really is." Really? Uh, laughing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but that was uh, that was interesting. So, so they,
0: no read through, no rehearsal. You just show up for work on the day they're shooting your scenes.
1: Yeah, and and you go quickly. It's interesting because. Like, I did a movie years ago with with Eastwood, who's like the same thing. You don't even know the cameras. Which movie? A Perfect World. I remember it. Yeah. I remember, like, because it was Costner, like when Cosner played a heavy,
0: and it was like a big deal. Like, he's playing a shitty guy, right?
1: He, right, and he was great yeah. in
0: that. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but so, the both Eastwood and Spielberg shoot quick.
1: Yeah, and their virtues, their faults to it, uh, you know,
0: which are what? You you get done with the take and they're moving on. You're like, I, but I didn't.
1: Yeah. Well, Clint's thing is, uh, I asked him why he doesn't say action. And he said when he was doing Rawhide, they would struggle to get horses on marks, which yeah. is not easy to do. And then the, these directors would come in and go, Action. <laughs> <laughs> and the horse, the horse would rear up, and yeah. he felt like uh, people do too. Okay.
0: Oh, really? Interesting.
1: Well, That's... I think so. Have you ever had directors who have like a big action pronouncement?
0: Well, I mean, I haven't done that much. You know, I, I know you're probably thinking about my entire repertoire of uh, films and television shows, but I've not uh, done much. But yeah, certain directors come in; they do it differently. Uh, but never, I've never been on a set with a major director where everybody's sort of waiting. You know, you're on TV set and it's sort of like, you know, you know, the guy who says it and it's all right. It's never been that jarring.
1: It's, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not a big deal. There was I, one
0: guy that some people do it. They're dramatic about it. Action. You know, like they, yeah. some people just say action and then
1: action. I, uh, I know somebody who does de- de- action. And it's like, why are you making this? Uh, Joel Schumacher was everybody focused and action. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was it was terrifying. So you're unfocused. Uh, directors, uh, you know, if, uh, Mike Nichols said this thing about directors that it's like sex. Uh, like, yeah. directors have no idea how other people do it because they're generally the only ones there performing that specific role. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Unless you start as a cinematographer,
1: but as an actor, yeah. If like you're on a series, you're getting fucked by somebody <laughs> new every every week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you really get to see a lot of different. Um, you really get to see a lot of different styles directors there's
0: what is the liability though of moving quickly you were going to say
1: well what's good about it it, 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 like do you care about baseball sure Uh, sure Uh, you know when knuckleball pitchers come in nobody they're they're very few few strikes thrown and everybody in the field kind of gets lazy and if you know you're going to get an infinite number of takes you tend to not, like, really get ready. Yeah. With Spielberg or with Eastwood, you know that your first take is going to be seen by your grandchildren. Right. So you gear up. <laughs> it, you know, it focuses the mind. Uh, and it's changed now. The technology, like, when West Wing started, you had to load film. There was this tangible thing that you yeah. didn't, didn't want to run out of at the end of the take. They had
0: those big things that had to snap onto the camera. Yeah. What is it called? The cart, car- not cartridges, or... Change the uh, the magazine. Mag, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Change the mag, and w- with that, there's kind of a psychology of, well, you know, we don't want to waste this. Now, sure. almost everybody is shooting digitally, and money to waste. Yeah, and there are virtues to it. I actually think it's changed acting because you can afford to just, you know, leave it on and catch some behavior. But it also drags out the shooting process. I
0: think. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that, like, in the same way where like you know the shift from typewriter to word processor to computer that you know it, it enables you not so much to get sloppy but perhaps to over uh you know like it maybe makes you lazy in a way uh too i think yeah
1: if you're scrawling it with a feather <laughs> yeah you're and you can't erase it you're gonna like really think Should about the white it. out yeah you yeah know, <laughs> If you, know, you got a hammer and a chisel yeah, on a wall, yeah, you you're can, really going to think about it.
0: But that, so that <laughs> so that brings up that that's what's good about shooting quick, is that like it, it focuses you and you really got to show up for work.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also it does something. It's really it's a really interesting thing because actors actors are always trying to get comfortable in a very uncomfortable situation. It's it's not and. And can tend to, to get too comfortable. Like, they will actually, especially in success as an actor, yeah. be more comfortable than any human being has ever been asking to pass the salt. Right. Sure. Right, right, because right. Because they're just trying yeah. to get comfortable. It's interesting to me how actors spent, like, being relaxed is the most important thing as an actor, but it it can sometimes uh lead to a kind of i don't know passivity.
0: Yeah, but also like there isn't there the threat too and i only notice this with my limited experience in acting that like if you get too comfortable that you might just be you. Like you just you know comfort yourself right out of the character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Know? And where you don't like, you do a scene and you're like wait i think I, I don't think i was i think i was just me eating. Can we <laughs> I, for, I forgot the character. Yeah, right. I mean, is that possible? Or is that crazy?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's a weird thing because you're always I, like, it's a whole discussion. Like, act. So, when did you start acting? Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I mean, like you know, I did a little in college here and there, but I did four seasons of my own show on IFC, yes. and I knew that there was a. A curve. Yeah, you know, I knew I was. I knew I could be present, and I knew I could listen. But that's all you need to do. But there's something about movement that you know you're going to be awkward the first bit. You know, I knew my you first season. You were awkward I physically just, playing well, yourself. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, because like you know you, you don't want to be self conscious of what you're saying, which I I I'm good at not doing that. But I do get self conscious of like, should I just be standing here? Am I my hands? What's going on? You know, like yeah. that kind of shit. But then that goes away. So I haven't been doing it. You know, professionally for that long, like with Glow, this is only the second big thing I've done. I like Glow. Oh, thanks. I mean, I'm just a small part of it, but I appreciate you liking it. Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> <welcome>. <laughs> but, but no, but I find myself, um, like this second season, I started to, like, orig- originally I was sort of like, man, there's a lot of waiting around. Oh, God. Right? I, and you're waiting around to do like a five-minute thing, and, and like, you, you know, you, you can't get mad about it because, uh, you know. Because you're lucky. Yeah, it's, and also that's the job. But it's like I didn't I didn't act my whole life, so a lot of times when I'm on set, I'm like I could be doing other shit. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, listen, I find this, I I I say all the time I love acting, I despise shooting. The process is I love the community on the set, uh, yeah. But th- it is this weird combination of glacial and anxious. And it is you always think I'm going to be able to get something done. You can't get anything done.
0: No, you just sit there with your phone all day, you know, and and then like I imagine whatever you shot last, you're just looking at the news constantly and trying to balance that emotional reaction with whatever you're doing.
1: Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's an excruciating. Yeah, we
0: uh, were on set when Trump won. All those women and me were were there that night. Jesus, how was that? It's horrible everyone was crying right it was terrible but uh but in in terms of your question asking me like i haven't been doing it that long and what i've noticed what i was getting at was that in the second season i realized well you know work when you got to work like you know really enjoy it if you like acting it's it's gonna happen your your scene's coming up right you know so deliver You, you know be in it as much as you can like that's when the work happens it's in television it's you know, it happens quickly. You got to do some coverage, but like, you know, here comes your time. You've been sitting around for four hours.
1: Right, right. Yeah, get ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got to get ready. But the process is excruciating. When I die and go to hell, yeah. it's going to be final touches forever. <laughs> like people grabbing Creaking, stuff. Yeah, and- you're just
0: touching you. But that's the other thing. I think that that like I I imagine like I have some natural ability, but I don't really. I don't mind, like, I'm not paying attention when people are touching my face and my hair. and You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm in a different zone. And this was, I was going to ask you, when you are working with certain people, like, I work with Alison Bree, who's very good. Yes. She's very good. She is. And uh, and I don't have a lot of experience working with, you know. Right,
1: she's a very experienced actress. actress.
0: And she did, really did something with that character. There are moments where I'm watching her in scenes, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, look at her. She's just doing it. You know, like you know beyond what, the character what,
1: and then do you have a moment of like oh shit I'm not thinking the character's thoughts I'm- oh yeah yeah
0: well yeah but I, I I think that's the next frontier for me I don't I'm not sure I know exactly how to think the character's thoughts I react. I listen. Uh, I know the guy. You, you know, but you know, there are parts. You know, there. A lot of times, I think being present and acknowledging what's happening keeps me present. But it's not the character's thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, yeah. Doesn't I,
0: everyone I, have their own trick?
1: I, I, you know, like my thing, like the way I deal with, uh, like what seems to be an interfering thought yeah. you know that would be like I'm not in the scene there's usually a way to kind of judo it back like certainly with nerves and with panic yeah you can put it uh, you know into, into the scene it goes to where, look acting's a very <laughs> like one of my kids said like no offense but I've seen dogs be good in movies <laughs> you know and it's true how's that kid doing uh, <laughs> I'm like you're welcome, (laughs) Uh, uh, but nobody, nobody, like nobody knows how to teach acting. That's why, no, because
0: like so much of it is, is you know, either you can or you can't.
1: It's like teaching writing, Like, like, and because nobody knows how to do it. You have these cults, like, you know, sure. fundamentalist Christian sects, like right. who look at a complicated the, world and the, go, you got to do it this way.
0: Right. And then, you, but, but, but you do, like, I think the experience, like the Gordon Lish writing cult in New York, and then there's all these acting cults out here. But, like, the one thing that gets you is it gets you interacting with other people. And, like, I, but I, you, where did you train mostly?
1: Uh, I went to college, uh, and did uh, theater at uh, and in uh, English at yeah, Wesleyan, right. but, but and then I went to Juilliard. Well, for see, four but years.
0: but see, that's the thing about training to be an actor. Some place like Juilliard, you're doing movement, you're doing dance, right? You're doing sword play. You're like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, but
1: all that stuff doesn't matter. Like, kind of, but I I, okay. I, 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 like you. Yes, you can teach like how to use your voice. You get in your body. Yes. Yeah, but but you can't uh nobody knows you know how to teach acting. The one thing you can agree on is you got to be in the moment. You got to want something. Uh uh
0: can't teach anyone how to be Gene Hackman.
1: No. Right?
0: No. Like the, the you know or error you, you, it's just like you, you, when you look at huge movie actors wh- what whoever taught them whatever wh- what it doesn't matter. <laughs> No. One.
1: Well, it's like you know, it's it's like writing. You just like you just got to do it a lot and have some people right, with exactly. some good taste telling you what to do.
0: Yeah, and you've done a hell of a lot. Well, let's go back. Where, where what, what, is, mm. where were you spawned? How did it happen? Why are you you? Where'd why, you come? Why from? Why am
1: I me? Uh, it's really it, it's funny because I'm thinking about this. Today is my mother's a hundred and third birthday. She passed away. Oh uh, God! I was hoping that was a in better story. Yeah, it would, it, it would, <laughs> would have been better. <laughs> my parents had three kids, a massive break. My brother, yeah, the mistake, and I'm like the mistake's friend. Uh huh. So I have. Oh, they
0: had him, and then they're like, "We got to have another one." To a playmate. Oh, really?
1: So my mom was 46 when I was uh, born, which wow. was which was weird. Uh. This year, my three oldest siblings will all have been married fifty years, which is kind of weird, isn't that weird?
0: So, what's the, the biggest uh, amount of years nineteen years between you and the youngest one?
1: And no, and the oldest. I'm the baby.
0: Right, nineteen years. Yeah. So they you didn't even know them. They were out of the house. They <laughs> were.
1: She was in college. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I have I have a niece, you know, who's forty seven. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have a ton of nephews, ton of nephews and nieces. But what that meant was my parents, uh, I, I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I like Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin's fantastic. It's a nice town. It's a great town. It's, it's, it's. Uh, College
0: is there. Yeah, and, it's uh, like Austin. Yeah, and there's like smart, sweet people in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh, it's kind of a progressive Shangri-La. It's a, a really Right, wonderful. it's not
0: as affected as Austin, I don't think. I think like there's a, like the, the, the progressiveness of the Midwest when it's there, it seems a, a little deeper, a little more humble.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Polite people.
1: Yeah, they're very, very uh, sweet. Yeah. Very, very sweet. Um, so I was born there. Then I moved to Pennsylvania, and then went back to Wisconsin for high school.
0: Uh huh. What was the, What was the business of the folks? Uh,
1: my dad was a frustrated musician. Uh, he basically worked his way up in an insurance company, but he was an amazing piano player. He had perfect pitch. Jazz. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, kind of big band, you know, yeah. you know stuff. Oh I, yeah. I, But it was interesting because he always, I think, kind of. I could tell that he kind of got off. He never thought it was a practical thing, right? For any anybody to do. It's interesting to me because I think about this: people parenting now. Yeah, like our our generation of parenters are like, uh, "Hey, we're we're cool, you know? We're we're totally cool." (laughs) with whatever you want to be but what the fuck are you yeah. like are you a jock yeah you know are you in uh, are you talking like, about the parents or the yeah parents, yeah or the kids the, the, pa- <laughs> the parents there's this weird
0: they're not grown up yet is what you're saying
1: <laughs> yes yeah yeah they're overly <laughs> invested in trying to control this process I was the fifth kid yeah my my parents <laughs> hey, were me. like uh, you know love them keep them out of traffic yeah, uh, they luck like, they'll them. be whatever they want so they were appropriately disinterested <laughs> yeah uh if my father had been loving totally loving. yeah oh yeah that's good to- i I am extremely lucky yeah uh yeah uh they were at a very happy place right and they knew I was the last one <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> I, I every time I walked in the room I felt like uh my yeah. parents would smile it was really l- loving
0: that's great uh, Well, they'd been through the worst of it like they yeah they, 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 yeah
1: yeah they'd like they'd already done it and then they'd kind of chosen uh chosen to do it again but I think about the fact that if uh, if my dad had come to me after the uh, Arsenic and all the Lace in seventh grade yeah. and said, as I would to my kid now, oh my God, I have never seen you so happy. Uh, do you want to take an acting class? There is no question I would not be an actor because either I would have pulled against the leash or... I wouldn't have the sense of ownership that I had because it was always this cool thing that just I, I, I was kind of in love with. Now my dad loved it. Like my I've just memory after memory of like doing a play and my dad standing up with his flash camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and taking a picture. But it's just it's interesting to me that uh, had he been overly supportive, you would have said, "Fuck that, oh, if bruce springsteen 's mom came down and said, "Honey, you got something like like you need to take some guitar lessons yeah, he 'd be put, a drunk in Newark,
0: put that guitar down <laughs> well yeah we've moved from Asbury Park to Newark that 's a sad story, yeah,
1: yeah yeah, he, he had to get out of Asbury
0: that's right, because his mother was there trying to get him to play guitar, yeah,
1: play it again, Bruce, no, come oh, on. Come mom. on
0: uh well that's well that's interesting. I I I guess that's true though, huh? So your dad was accepting but still was like don't don't put all your eggs in one basket kind of thing.
1: No, he was totally like it never occurred to me growing up in Wisconsin like if you're from here or you're from New York like yeah. you know somebody who's been in a movie, the idea of being an actor never occurred to me. It was an, even if it had it would be too embarrassing a thing to say as an aspiration. Right. Uh, What'd your
0: siblings do? By then, they were working for Christ. They all have careers, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I have a brother who's a journalist. Uh, I had a sister who's a social worker and writes children's books, a sister who's a nurse, brother who's an interpreter. Uh, wow, that's
0: interesting. Yeah. So, it's a very liberal arc <laughs> it there. Is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but when I, and then I applied to, uh, you know, schmackling school and uh, I remember I said to my dad, I said, just think of it as like, cause it was four years.
0: What'd you do undergrad though? Where'd you do undergrad? Wesleyan. Mo- what'd you study? English?
1: English and theater.
0: i right, So, you, but, but theater, what, you weren't in the art school. You, you, were, you were, you weren't in the theater school. You were in the English department, liberal arts.
1: Yeah, it was. It's basically a liberal arts school with a, you know, with a little right, right. crazy, you know, batshit theater department.
0: Right, but, but but that was you were just doing a minor in that.
1: No, I, I no, I was like a real theater major. But the thing about Wesleyan uh, that that is interesting is it unintentionally created the conditions, the ideal conditions, I think, for people to like learn about acting. It's just like a mini Steppenwolf. It was all self generated stuff.
0: Because it was so small or...
1: All the interesting stuff was outside the department and there were just these venues where you could put a play up. Right. Uh, And it wasn't high pressure and people sort of found their voices. Right. I I was glad I got to do that act a lot before I got to Juilliard, which is kind of a zen sucky, you know, we're going to strip you down. It's a weird... uh, uh, place to be if you're too young, I think.
0: So you, all right. So you do the undergrad thing, and you and you do a lot of work. You you have a good time. You do a lot of plays. You know, you you got some chops. You you took some chances. Yeah. You, you started to feel the uh, the uh, the parameters of your talent, <laughs> right? I,
1: I, the limits, I call them. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: And what you can and can't do, maybe a little bit or no?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it was just fun <laughs> and it did not have any professional uh, uh, aspiration to it. It really didn't. It was, were you getting
0: good notices? Were you getting, like, were people thinking you were good? Was, was there yeah, enough to, you know, yeah, obviously, to audition for Juilliard, you must have thought, like, you know, I got this. I can do this.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't think I could do it. I thought yeah. that I could, uh, uh, you know, try it. I remember like pausing looking at the letter when I got in to Juilliard yeah because it was like I you know this kind of means you're gonna try to be an actor
0: well what did you have to do did you audition what with a a modern piece and a classical piece what was the audition do you remember
1: Uh, look here upon this picture and upon this the counterfeit presentment of a man. It was a Hamlet, yeah, thing. I don't remember what the the modern
0: one, but it was those two. Yeah, do two pieces yeah. with four people sitting there, kind I, of thing. I,
1: I I hate auditions. I I despise them. I don't respect them. Yeah. I don't respect their ability to like you know select yeah uh uh uh, talent or ascertain potential yeah i i hate it i'll tell you a really interesting thing (laughs) uh this happened i really should have um taken a camera i thought of it yeah my class from Juilliard, we all got together. Right. Which never happens. After 31 years, we all got together.
0: How many are you? Like 12, 15 people is it? Like, what is it? Was it
1: was over 20. I think, yeah, it was about 20. Yeah. You know, back then, they used to uh, put people on probation and kick them out, which was abusive and stupid. Yeah. You know, the actors would come there and they would be told, uh, you know, at the first... I never was, but they'd be told, you know, you're on probation, which uh-huh. is a great way. But for what? because we might kick you out but for what not being good or
0: oh oh so that was actually sort of like you know you might you're not you're not you are just not because you there was no transgression other than you might not be talented so we're going to put a little more pressure on you
1: (laughs) yeah it's it was it was horrible there was there was this whole kind of school of you know this kind of british acting nazi like school of thinking that I really for a long time disrespected in myself that I felt like I needed a nourishing atmosphere to act in. Yeah. Now I'm adamant like if somebody's a, a, a you know a prick or a bully one of the best things about the luck I've had up to this point is yeah. now I can go shut up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you insecure son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh but there was a lot of crazy at Juilliard. It was a very tough uh uh a tough place, and there were people who were younger than me there, about half the class going to college, half the class hadn't. 18 and, years
0: old, 19 years yeah, old. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we all got together, and it was, I wish I'd filmed it, because it, it was one of the most moving, we hadn't seen each other, only a few of us uh, are having the careers that we remotely hoped to have. Right. And people instinctively sat in a circle. It was like a meeting and and everybody talked and told their stories. And it was like a chorus line fucked our town. I mean, it was (laughs) so inspiring to see what people who we were very, very close to, Uh, at this time in our life had gone through. And it was heartbreaking. And to see the carnage of people walking around with an anvil of failure, you know, feeling, uh, I think, really hurt because they didn't get, you know, the most dangerous thing in the world is to put your self-esteem on a platter and hand it to show business. Yeah. It won't... It, it won't end well. Tell me about
0: that the this anvil because like I I think about that a lot in in comedy, you know, where where this there you know, it's not a meritocracy. It doesn't matter.
1: No, it's not. Uh,
0: yeah, there's a weird mixture of luck and persistence and representation and whatever. Yeah, there's a million things yes. that determine whether it has any It is anyone, not just talent. Yeah, has any success at all. No, talent is, you know, that's like you're it, sometimes that happens. <laughs> so sometimes you know yeah because your talent might be just you're ambitious uh, you know, you might be good enough your talent they they being just good enough is highly rewarded uh yeah
1: uh, adequate. Right. adequate 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so what about these people i mean i'm not looking for names but you you did feel the heartbreak in the room is what you're saying that there was a, a did, what did it, was it an did it end happily this reunion
1: yeah it did i mean i think people are you know it it was just interesting it's interesting to me like you must deal with young comedians who get in touch with you who have uh, uh, the parents or friends of your parents or something and Or, or they
0: just reach out now because of the podcast or right yeah
1: um like i talk to young actors all the time i talked to one the other day and She's coming out of Julia and she's like, well, if you're good and you really, you know, work hard and you yeah. really want it, you know, you can have an acting career, right? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, if you're lucky, you know, or, I, I mean, one thing I do believe that I say to these kids is, is I, I really do believe that if you're good and you want it. And you maybe you won't be an actor, but you can have a life in storytelling,
0: right? Well, I, that's what I tell comics. I'm like, well, look, don't 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 bank on standup as your only thing, because like at any given point in time, there's only a few cats that are really making a good living as stand-ups, right. and the rest are hammering it out. So if you can write, if you can work with other people, yeah, uh, you know, if you can, you know, if you like, you know, the I think that the sketch community really changed comedy a lot you know it was you know was stand-up driven on tv but now these people that come up through ucb or these sketch communities you know they learn you know just by virtue of wanting to do that how to write how to direct how to work with other people how to you know listen and you know it's a well i I tell
1: actors this too i think it's a very arbitrary you know just you know we're like yeah you know i'm an actor well actually you're uh, you're a soldier in the storytelling mission. Yeah, you know I'm and hearing this a
0: lot lately—the storytelling and, thing.
1: And a lot of people uh, can do a lot of things they don't think that they can do. And I always tell actors, I'm like, "Look, man, if you can, t- if if you have any desire to write." be writing while while you're while you're doing
0: this well yeah think about all the angles i don't i'm not naturally like that you know i'm a very immediate gratification guy even this idea that i you know i've talked to a few actors lately were what you call the storytelling mission that you know we're storytellers we're part of the story thing you know i you know i have to you know intellectually kind of process that because when i act i'm like am i am i on camera yeah, you know, I like the story. Like, I like the story, but like, it, it's yeah, like-
1: no, you're not on camera going, uh, you know, hail the storytelling mission. <laughs> you but know, it, but
0: it should be in you. Is that what no, you no, 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 no,
1: oh, yeah. no. All I'm saying is, is, is that at the end of the day, this whole thing is about telling stories, right. and actors tend to not understand that they have a ground zero understanding of how to tell a story. They have like a really good sense, right? Of what works and what doesn't, and whether it 's directing or or writing, I want them to be open to that and oh, also yeah. I, I, just being an actor you're you're it 's so passive you have to be chosen and it's and it 's heartbreaking. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, like what 's humiliating about being an actor when you 're struggling is you're aspiring to an arena you disrespect (laughs) success at show is this and you're failing like it's like a double thing it's not like you want to be a violinist you know in in the new york philharmonic and you're not you're just not quite there yeah like you're auditioning for a commercial which which (laughs) (laughs) which you despise and you're not getting it it's really rough
0: it's uh it's horrible, like there's some moments where I'm like, i I don't always know what that is that keeps people going other than like, well, you know plenty there's plenty of big actors that done commercials, you know, like I know that level, like you know this is just a stepping stone. It's part of this oh, process yeah. getting you, you know but but there's also like I'm starting to realize that um that some actors, uh, some who are lucky or or some actors who do end up getting work, uh you know they they just uh they don't like doing anything.
1: They don't like acting.
0: No, they like acting, but they're just lucky because, like, if they if they were given some other job, they would do nothing. There, there are people that act that are sort of like, "Are you kidding? I get to pretend and then I sit around." Right. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's right. Great, it's great. Right. They're, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not hung up on writing or anything else. They're like, this is like it's like a con. You know what I mean? Like. uh I mean, I'm, I'm, that's the negative side of it. But but the heartbreaking one side. One of the Duplass yeah.
1: brothers said one of the greatest, uh, not Jay, what's the brother? Uh, Mar- Mark, is it Mark? Yeah, people? Mark. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked him, is there a difference between acting, writing, and producing? And he's like, yeah, yeah there's a big difference. And they said, what is it? And he goes, you know, if you're writing or or producing or directing, it's it's literally like you're raising a kid. You're in a constant sense of anxiety. Am I going to be able to bring this thing to its – this child to its full potential? Uh, When you're an actor, you're like a drunk uncle who shows up, gives the kids a bag of Oreos, and lets (laughs) somebody else put them to bed. Like (laughs) – that's right,
0: yeah. Uh, but yeah, but that that heartbreak of that you know, yeah, the fact that you've studied, you're trained, and you got to go do an audition for a commercial you want nothing to do with, but that that's sort of like balancing that you can't be idealistic like you, you know to get into acting for the art of it that that has to be crushed pretty quickly, you know, once you realize yeah, that like, no i i ta- make I,
1: it. I talk to young kids who come with you, you know wow. uh you know a real kind of artistic you know snobbery yeah. and, and you know, I'm like okay, you know, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. sweetheart, good luck. Yeah, right. good luck, Angel. But
0: but did you do? You did theater, right? So you come out of. What would you learn at Juilliard? Ultimately,
1: what that, did I learn? Yeah, uh, without being cynical I, or funny, uh, you must have learned something. Uh, here's here's what you learn. Uh, I, the great thing about Juilliard was, I went into debt. You know, but I was acting ninety percent of the day, and that's what what is the most important thing and i'm doing very strange parts that i would not normally be cast in which even if i didn't not necessarily in order to be cast in those parts when you get out but i think it's it's a really good exercise to play things that are outside your range
0: right so you can see you know it's owning your own territory what what can i do right yeah
1: Uh, and you were just acting all the time. You know, like, these schools are like, you know, it's like shrinks. It's like the shrink thinks it's them. Right. No. What's making somebody get better is they're just coming and saying what's on their mind. Uh, You know, that's 90% of it with the occasional insight. So it's just, it was a relentless, uh, you know, four years of just acting in many... Many different crazy things.
0: Who were th- Did Do we know anybody that was in your class?
1: Uh, Tom Gibson, uh, Wendell Pierce. Uh huh. Um, uh, you know, the, those are the most, you know, sort of recognizable.
0: And the people that you saw at this reunion, did some of them move out of show business entirely? Or?
1: Some do other things. Uh, some teach. Uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of don't do it uh, anymore. Um, But it's true in the other art. I knew a guy who came in second in the Tchaikovsky competition, which is a really hard thing to do. You go into these, like, this is amazing at Julia. You go in these, like, practice rooms, and this guy who likes nine hours a day since he was eight, and he just, like, takes a breath, and and he throws his hands at the piano, and he's moaning and, you know, playing this, like, Beethoven. So it was, like, the most incredible thing you ever see. He comes in second in the Tchaikovsky competition. What does he do now? I don't know. He teaches piano to kids who don't want to learn. Yeah. Uh you know, it's brutal.
0: Yeah. Uh that's a very specific thing. That's a good thing about acting, is like is that you you, you
1: you can be you can start a, a, well, you a can't, culty
0: acting class. Well no, you can do commercials. you know that guy yeah. you know, the calling for a prodigy.
1: Right. <laughs> it's like, you
0: know, either you're the, the soloist who plays with the orchestra. Right. Or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you could play. How many
1: new piano soloists are there every year? I don't know if you like... They're, I'm not they're,
0: keeping up. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and they tend to stay stay around and work into, work into old age. So it's tough. You know, it's tough in the arts. It's yeah.
0: tough. But but so, okay, so you you do all this acting and you get out and are you doing theater? What happens uh, right away? I,
1: I get out and initially Cricket's... Nothing is happening. What did you try
0: to do? Were you in New York? Were yeah, you... oh, yeah, so, yeah. You stayed in New York. I was
1: in New York. I worked for a catering company. Did you do
0: a showcase for agents and that whole thing? Yeah,
1: or... yeah. Nothing. No, I got an agent, uh, but then nothing was happening. I'd gone, you know, four years of graduate school. Were you doing theater? Well, initially, I was catering. Yeah. In the Philip Morris dining room seventh level of hell yeah this corporate dining room where you had to arrange these bouquets of cigarettes and this is like uh 1985 and you hear these (laughs) slithery tanned people talk about the opportunities to give away cigarettes in front of girls schools in china that was fun uh and then i worked at the world trade center bouquets of cigarettes yeah bouquets of cigarettes uh and then did you smoke did I? Yeah, I, I I would uh, I I would bum cigarettes. Oh, but, I never but, I,
0: but I wouldn't. I wouldn't bum. You don't it. got the personality. You don't got the addictive thing.
1: No, I have to be careful with them. Like no. I, you know, I'll I, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll bum them. Yeah, I, I I realized that early on. I then got a got a part in a play, and uh, you know, after acting would be a time where somebody else would have a cigarette, and I'd bum a cigarette. Sure. Yeah. Uh, World Trade and, and, and I thought, well, I I only have cigarettes when I you know when I work, and yeah. then I realized uh, I work all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm always bumming cigarettes. Where you worked at the World Trade Center? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the Port Authority dining room. Uh, this was in uh you know like '85, and then I got uh Bill Pullman dropped out of a show, Curse of the Starving Class, that was moving from off off Broadway to off Broadway. And he was he got a part in a movie which yeah. was which was a big deal and he had to take it and they were opening in a week and they wow. thought about closing it down but I ended up getting it so my first gig was this Curse of the Starving class uh which was this Sam Shepard play with Kathy Bates, which was like dream gig. I wow. mean uh it was scary. You had to urinate on stage, you had to uh this kid freaks out uh uh i usually don't like nudity in plays because yeah. you just sit there and go oh wow i you know i hope that actor's cousin isn't here
0: <laughs> that guy's naked
1: that yeah well that's <laughs> that's happening yeah uh but it was a weird thing cuz uh this guy comes out completely naked and ends up slaughtering a lamb who we called Merrill sheep uh uh and it was this, in- and I had to go into it in a week, and it w- it's a big part with a big monologue, and I got to meet Sam Shepard, and that was intense. And you're what,
0: 22,
1: 23? No, I'm twenty four.
0: Yeah, and he was directing, or he was just around?
1: No, he just came. He j- he just came by with yeah. Je- with Jessica Lang. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, you're f- fancy pants now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. Did you know Pullman? No, no. I ran into him in like the Mayfair a couple years ago, and I was like, "Thanks for the career," because it really was like the first.
0: Did he remember?
1: Did he know? uh, Yeah, yeah. He was he was very (laughs) very sweet about it. But it was weird. I I had this great, uh, you know, for like nine months, I was doing this play, and it was weird. You know, Kathy Bates was amazing. She's great. She's great. I I I, 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 (laughs) the first night, I had to go on. I had to learn this play in like six days. Yeah, and there's a big monologue at the beginning. Yeah, and I remember the first couple of days of rehearsal where you're you're looking into these wonderful actors' eyes, and uh, you can see that they don't think you're going to be able to get there, <laughs> which is a, a horrible thing. And I survived. Kind of this. sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, honey. <laughs> sweetie are you giving it a go uh, anyway I was backstage right before it was opening night for, and there were critics and I'd gotten the thing like you know a week before oh. and I'm backstage and, I'm, and it's emotional at the beginning and my I'm sitting on the floor and my legs are crossed and I'm like you know getting emotional and Kathy <laughs> Kathy Bates walks by and goes ah, what are you doing preparing <laughs> nice um but there's a guy named eddie jones i really wouldn't be an actor if this guy who played my dad eddie jones who was this terrific actor was got me through that oh yeah yeah i could have you know it was scary i was walking around i can't imagine it yeah i mean like and he just did it here's when you don't want to be naked yeah in rehearsal like, <laughs> yeah. if the play's going on, that's great. Like, you're in the reality of the play, whatever that is, and, and you're naked. What you don't want to hear is the director go, okay, hang on one second. Because <laughs> then you're just a schmuck with your dick hanging out. <laughs> I there with, the, with yeah, other people. Yeah, it's like, it's like, can we not break the reality?
0: And it's not, right, and it's not like movies or TV where you got a dick sock on. No, you just yeah, gotta those wait Yeah, weird. Hey, they are weird. Yeah, I'm wearing one right now. Oh, really? Yeah, you took a liking to it. You figure you oh, wear it. Oh my god! So, so how did Eddie Jones uh, help you?
1: He just said to me, uh, he was, he is an incredibly kind guy who yeah. had faith in me when he shouldn't have.
0: Uh huh. And you had a lot of uh, scenes with him.
1: Yeah, he, uh, you know, he was my dad. It's that complicated
0: shepherd, shepherd dad thing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, shepherd daddy. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! Well, that's nice. It's nice to have that the the one person with faith, where they or trust, or you at least can relax, you know, or, or know that like you have some support.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, like, yeah, I like trying to manage that confidence without it curdling, in you know, it's breaking very
0: apart into an into insecure, arrogance. Well, arrogance, but the other way, like you know, like what it takes to sort of a full be, shame spot. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, that's the one thing that experience gets you is, is less
1: of those. But I have to say, one thing that's interesting to me is that you can always incorporate, you can always judo your performance insecurity into whatever's going on in the scene. And actually, there is nothing worse than a fully confident actor.
0: Oh yeah. And no, I, I, I agree with that. I would, I mean, it makes sense to me, but like what I'm surprised at is that I don't know how deep the shame spirals go with you. When, but like that, as you get older, you can choose <laughs> to not honor that voice. Like to not like, I can't do this. I can't. And, and just like drag everyone around you down. Right. You know, I, I, you know, like it took a long time for me to just sort of like, no, just keep it to yourself right <laughs> you know what I
1: mean well man. I have this whole thing like with uh, I, I am not somebody who I don't think is a prick on a set and, yeah and I have the other problem is you know I want to be loved and, and run around
0: uh, making funnies and, yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah, yeah I yeah. love that
1: yeah Um, but if I'm honest anytime any director has ever said anything to me I go through three silent beats. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I suck. Okay, what? <laughs> and I really believe that that is a universal uh, response. And some people get s- stuck on "I suck." Some, you know, people right. who live there. Uh, some people live on "fuck you." Yeah, yeah. Most people pretty quick get to the, you know. But
0: okay. you hear you. You the the cycle starts right when it's probably just Bradley. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just the, the uh, yeah, tone yeah, 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 yeah. of your name being called. You know,
1: Brad. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, <laughs> Matt Perry and I used to uh, uh, like uh, these directors would yeah. do these like devastating notes, like right before you roll. Like they go, "Guys, can we be quiet? Are we rolling? Okay, we're rolling." And Brad, don't push for that joke. Action. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, it's like some devastating... you know, yeah. or, you know or, or we roll... Yeah. Uh, Brad, just pick the prop up. You know, don't yeah. make a meal. Action. You know, <laughs> you're you're, like work. you're totally humiliated. So when Matt... Uh, you're trying
0: too hard. Brad. I got
1: to direct Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't try too hard. You know, just say the line. Action. Don't, yeah. do, all, don't, don't do that shit with your face. Action. <laughs> so so when... when Uh, when i got to direct uh like to fuck with matt i would i would on what uh, on studio 60 oh yeah i would go uh are we rolling okay rolling okay and matt you peaked 10 years ago action you know (laughs) (laughs) there is no happiness the reward is death action (laughs) like these devastating notes that you have to like you know go right into what do you think happened with that show what do I? <laughs> uh, you know, here's here's what I think about that show,
0: Studio 60.
1: Studio Sixty. Uh, Aaron needs kind of moral uh, elevation.
0: Well, yeah. Let's talk about that first. So, like, where did your relationship with him start?
1: Uh, it's funny because people ask me like, "How did you meet Aaron Sorkin?" I did, uh. A movie that I was snobby about doing called Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise.
0: Yeah, was that one of those acting decisions you made where you thought, I can really take my craft to...
1: I'm going to dig deep. I yeah. <laughs> want to explore this. I mean, I've played an asshole, but I've never played one on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I met a guy, Tim Busfield, who, and he and I would... Hang out. We went to the Humana Festival in Louisville and saw a bunch of plays. And then he went into, he replaced in a few good men. And then he said to Aaron, "I think you, this guy, uh, I think you should see this guy." So I auditioned for Aaron, and Aaron uh, made me like the Kevin Bacon part. Yeah, and then uh, I got to understudy the lead, and then I got a really big shot because usually they put no offense to me a fading uh television star yeah. in one of these things to keep a play going but he ended up giving it aaron stepped in and said no i want him to be the lead so i got to be the lead in a broadway play which was stunning and i didn't deserve it and uh that's where i met him
0: and because like with him i don't know him at all you know but i i find that as time goes on that it's it's a it, it, Sorkinese. Is its own sort of um, uh, it's its own type of writing, its own type of acting in a way. Like I started to notice it, not just not like West Wing, but but more a little there, but also in the movies that in order to play Sorkin, you have to know how to do it.
1: It is. Uh, listen, I've seen really good actors who just like get the Zen sucked out of them. You know, right. Having to do it and there is this technical verbal obligation Uh that you have to uh get to your unconscious place so that your blood can flow like the key to it it's the same thing with mammoth uh uh who pisses me off because he teaches acting
0: why does that piss you off because he's a playwright and what do you think about the way he teaches acting? I think it's playwright-centric. It's Which like, just like say the, my words yeah. very
1: clearly. You're, just
0: a, you're a pawn in my
1: game. Yes, yes. Anyone can do what you do. Anyone can do it. Just <laughs> just talk, say my words. But the great mammoth actors, their blood is flowing while they're fulfilling You know, this the They're great
0: actors despite him. They didn't learn how to act. Through mammoth. No. Right. No. Yeah, sure. You can bring life to the rhythm, man. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. Shakespearean in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And some people just get fritzed thinking about the logistics uh, of, of the language. Uh, and
0: also, and- just like, would I, I imagine part of a, a, an actor's struggle with Sorkin would be like, would a person say this? Doesn't matter. If you put the emotion into it, they it will they will seem as though they would say it.
1: Yeah, I I, I like I, I never felt like I I, I mean it was a it, it, he's a very interesting writer. It's really fun to do. I bet it, when when it's like flowing, it feels like like you know volleyball or something.
0: No, I love it. Like and I didn't notice it until really until the the steve jobs movie mm-hmm. because like i watch that movie and whatever anyone else was saying about whether it was real whether it wasn't real i'm like well it doesn't matter if it's real this is like you know hepburn and tracy yeah like you know in order to do this this language thing that he does you've got to get it and when it's working it's it's spectacular i mean yes. i don't give a fuck about whether you know, the story is what it, you know the device of the story
1: well, listen it's extraordinary that guy wrote Eleven, the equivalent of eleven feature films a year with West Wing for four years. I it will never be done again. It's an extraordinary achievement. Um, uh, nobody will ever do that. Yeah, no, nobody's ever going to do it. And he was writing. You know, we would go in. I remember these. Like, uh, you go in and it was like you know, you got a new Arthur Miller play every, right. every week.
0: Was and everybody I, like, was, were you and Allison, everyone else was just sort of like, oh my God. Every, like every script that came out.
1: They were pretty, uh, you know, they were pretty great. And they were, they were a lot of, they were a lot of fun. I mean, Aaron is, is an impatient in the best way, an impatient showman. He's yeah. desperately worried he's going to lose the audience's attention, so he brings these wonderful characters, and you know, there's a lot of wit. You were you were talking about Studio 60. One of the things with Studio 60 is like on West Wing, you have uh, the political world, like basically you got C-SPAN, and you bring in wit, yeah. and you're like, oh, thank you, funny when you're doing people. SNL, yeah, and you bring in wit you're pissed off. Yeah. You know, uh, I always felt that show, uh, I remember talking with Aaron about it that I felt, you know, like I want to see, like I want to see, I think Aaron could write a great, well, I guess he did uh, afterwards, but like in Anderson, I think like Anderson Cooper is under interesting pressures, you know, where he does his, you know, talks about a school shooting, does a presidential campaign and then does, you know has to get ratings right uh the 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 SNL like the urgency in that show it, that show was basically a show about writer's block and Studio 60. yeah and tried to build this terror of you know all the pressure uh that was on Matt's character well i know saturday night live is going to be on this week and I know they'll get something done, <laughs> right. and it may not be good all of it, but I think it had a sort of uh, uh, I don't know false content. Yeah, it wasn't authentic, yeah. right?
0: The the show, the premise, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Oh, and then he did what he did. Newsroom was that what it was called with Jeff Daniels? Yeah, was yeah that him. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, he's a brilliant, brilliant writer.
0: Are you guys friends?
1: Yeah, I mean, I see him. Uh, he's a, like a big part of my life. I, I. Uh, you know, I see him every couple of months. We we have dinner. Oh yeah, yeah. It's weird. I, like, and Aaron had this power. Uh, I, my joke with him is that you know, a great show about democracy, and he ran it like Kim Jong Il. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, we were waiting for the story, you know, to come from him, and that's the way it needed, uh, you know, it needed to be. But it sort of uh and we treated him like a playwright yeah. like we're going to make all these words work right you know we're not going to go to uh, you, t- uh, you know hey uh, bill uh don't we get it with to be or not to be like, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. do we, do we need, that's the question. You yeah. know, No, you, you, like you would make it work.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, he's one of these, like, I don't know anything about him. And I, you know, I, I definitely tend to mythologize people in my mind. And then when I meet them, I'm, I'm like always surprised that they're human, but he seems to be sort of capable of these, you know, inhuman feats. You know, uh, of creation that that are sort of amazing.
1: Well, he does an interesting thing. He's like, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna paint on a big canvas. Yeah, like with West Wing. It's so funny to me. There's all these political shows now, like all kinds of political shows. You know, the Veep is the comedy. Yeah. scandals the kind of pulpy thing and And the
0: other one the one that the house of cards yeah and when
1: we were doing the show it was like that arena can't work
0: right yeah now it's like completely You broke it open for everybody let's talk like you did a lot you've done a lot of movies a lot of television and you were great and transparent that must have been and now how now in terms of that set somebody's been around as long as you have that must have been a fairly unique environment
1: incredibly unique like how did you come to that how did I come to? I mean, it?
0: Did Jill ask you to do it? How did? What was the? Casting? I
1: had. Uh, uh, it was funny because I was here, and it wasn't a point of pride, but I had noted the fact that I was like the only actor of m- my generation yeah. who started in New York who had never done a Law and Order uh oh, really so i was like well i'm well, never you missed it you missed you kind of missed it right
0: <laughs> I, I just you weren't in those lean times during that time I, a little before i right? yeah,
1: No, i was up for stuff it just uh. it just never happened and then uh i got asked to do this svu but it meant going to new york and i'm like i don't want to go to new york and they said uh it's with tambor and he's always been one of my favorite actors and i was like oh if it's with him yeah i'll go uh and so i did that in the middle of a scene he said it's weird this like doing this streaming show at amazon i'm like amazon's doing stuff yeah this was you know before it started i right. said yeah and it got picked up and then there was this part of this cross dressing and he suggested me to jill
0: okay and you know uh but that it just sounds to me like i know jill a bit and it's some people that are involved in the show but it, it sounds to me that this was a, a very sort of modern work environment that, yes. Yeah, that was highly not politicized, but it was at the cutting edge of of uh, the new respect and uh, ways of of engaging with people on gender levels.
1: Yes, and it was you know it was a freaky set. I mean you know uh, it's di- it, 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 there's this kind of dilation on that set because people are you know you're dealing. Uh, you know, I, I never wore a dress before and, sure. you know, I, I I really want to make this work and it's, you know, it brings up complicated <laughs> feelings. Did it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It like was what? cool.
0: Like what? Like, you know. It, well, it, my
1: number one fear uh, was to, was that I would be condescending about it. I actually had one of the most amazing experiences doing research for this. I, I, you know uh, just in like sort of an idiot like you know i'm gonna like you know sean penn this little uh, yeah uh, uh i got in touch with a a, a group that uh cross dresses and signed up to go uh, you know i was just gonna go yeah you know sure
0: hang observe
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but but i was you know i was gonna go undercover you know oh. cross-dressing oh. and it was delicate to get invited to this thing, under you know, understandably, and I got myself invited. As and then, a spy. Right. And then I
0: realized And also you're a public personality, so well, yeah, I'm vaguely familiar. Yeah. Uh I
1: don't
0: know, I don't know about that. I but mean.
1: uh then I called him up and I said, Look, I, I wanna be honest with you. This is a safe place for you. is there any um is there i i I'm doing this thing this it was before the show had come out, and I said, I can assure you this is not going to sentimentalize or condescend and i I just want to do whatever I can to get it right. They talked to everybody in the group, and I went i I, I, was, I was terrified walking into this place I mean. Terrified. So I was now not cross-dressing. But it's
0: sort of like uh, there's there's part of your masculinity at stake because you don't know yourself in this way.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. Uh, it, it was. I, I was shaking. Like I've done weird research. Uh, what were what, you
0: afraid of, though? What I mean, did, could you put your finger on it? Like, yeah. Walking into the place. I mean, uh,
1: uh, it was in inarticulate re- reptilian brainstem freudian fear uh-huh. i don't know uh-huh yeah i don't know was i gonna be turned on oh uh, yeah
0: right uh, so yeah you you, you were threatened uh, yeah somehow. yeah yeah so what
1: happened door opens and you know it's somebody who really doesn't pass we're kind of gruffly yeah you know goes hey you know come yeah. on in mini skirt yeah, yeah you sure, know sure uh, you know and it's like they uh, you know and it's like I'm like you know you can see me kind of go like take a deep <laughs> breath going <laughs> yeah. this is this is gonna be intense it turned yeah. out to be one of the most moving things I, I honestly that I've ever seen they get together this is an uh, it, it's it's an apartment where yeah. people meet yeah this is the night uh they get dressed yeah uh the people who want to go out, uh, some people really want to get dressed and go out and uh-huh. you know kind of pass. Uh-huh. Uh, they get falafel, they bring it back, uh, and they sit together and they eat falafel. And nobody's getting drunk. Uh, nobody's trying to pick up people. Yeah, um, and the range of experience was astonishing uh you know there were a lot of people gone heroically through 12-step stuff uh uh you know they have a, a secret or, or you know they're they would gotten beaten up you know their kids wouldn't wouldn't talk to them uh-huh. you'd hear these like heartbreaking stories and then uh uh this like 75 year old goes, you know, I'm hearing all these stories of, whoa, it's, you know, it's like my life has been a party. This has been amazing. You know, I, I, you know, I'm taken care of. This watch is gold, you know, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, there was an army guy there. There were some people who are extraordinarily feminine and almost porny. Some, some have like a schmata on, you know, you right. know with, with a wig, um, Uh, But it was just interesting to sit with these people who needed uh, a sanctuary to be themselves. Right. Um, it, It was... It, it, it was it was really fascinating. There was this, there was this wonderful God. What a character! Like a seventeen-year-old uh, Puerto Rican girl who did all their hair. Loved to come uh-huh. on Wednesdays <laughs> and 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 do these guys up. Anyway, what that experience did was it gave me like I was it gave me total freedom. Like there's there's a million different ways, uh, you know, to do it honestly. To do uh, right to do it honestly but I was always afraid am I going to you know make it make a cheap joke
0: right well, yeah but you mean on set you may or just like <laughs> right like you not not during a scene you were gonna, but like you were worried about your own weird defensive uh, uh, disposition popping up in the middle of it Which yeah. would, that would not be a good set to do that on
1: I do remember right <laughs> before they said action Jeffrey and I are Fully cross-dressed, yeah. Um And they're about to say action, and I looked at him and I said, "You realize this is the memoriam reel." <laughs> <laughs> Did you laugh? Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah.
0: he seems to be pretty deep in it when he does
1: it—very deep in it. And and I guess he's
0: not doing it anymore. He got it, into some trouble. Think, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I I think he always felt, Am I doing justice to this?
0: Yeah, he did some insane work on that. Yes, incredible work. It's like some real risky shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy set.
0: Yeah, but you were, it, it, it must have been a real baptism in, you know the edge of cultural progress there. You you know, that like, you know, what's going on in terms of identification, identity, how to address people, how to be respectful, you know, especially when you're coming to it at your age or my age, where things are changing that dramatically in those communities. Like the fear of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing must be extraordinary.
1: I find, I have a, a, a nephew who is trans and I actually find that... Most trans people are not freaked out right about pronouns uh, I, you know because that's uh, you know that's not the issue of course it's an understandable stumble that you know that sure. people are going to make and right we're all trying to be comfortable so if you know we're not going to you know call you a hater because you misspoke it's,
0: right I, th- I think that these things uh, you know, on those levels where that dialogue is is happening around pronouns that that sort of has to happen to maintain the, the territory that they've gotten do you know what i mean that, that there needs to be a respect there i mean maybe it'll make people more nervous about what to call people but but it needs to be there needs to be posts up saying like we're real this is this is happening yeah and words yeah.
1: are you know words are important yeah,
0: right how did you uh let's let's talk about the the movie that's out now and up for uh academy awards how did he uh, how did he find you how did that
1: happen I heard that he, they were interested in me for a movie, and I was the biggest Key & fan in the world. I, I think he is a profound performer. Like, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's true.
1: Uh, like the depth of the stuff he was doing in the sketches, and if there is a tragedy about Get Out, it is that he doesn't want to act anymore. Yeah. Um but uh I had been asking for years just give me a, like a, a, honestly anything in a background sketch. Uh, <laughs> really? a, you know to, in one of his yeah, sketches yeah, yeah. just uh, you know I just want to be in one and my son loves it. Yeah. Uh so I would have done anything. He was going to do when I first heard about it I assumed he was going to be uh acting in it. Then I uh uh I talked to him and I remember he said or he said, "Do you like horror movies?" And I'm like, mm, "Yeah." Do I? You know, I don't run out to see. <laughs> right. I get them, but I don't go see them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, "I really, uh, I really love them." And the reason I love them is they're uh, they're about uh, stuff you can't talk about. They're about death and sex and nobody's done race. Uh, uh, and weirdly. Um, you know, like I was trying to think of just movies I've seen, you know, with a sympathetic black lead in a horror movie. It's like Night of the Living Dead, you right? Know, 1968. Yeah. Um, didn't turn out well for that guy. Did, uh, no, <laughs> no, <it laughs> he didn't. did what he could, he did what he could. Yeah. Uh, so then he sent me the script, and I, I remember coming out and saying to my fiance, I want this. Uh, I've never read anything like this, and uh, I don't know if it's going to work. But it, it, you know, it'll be it'll be amazing. Yeah. I, so on paper, it looked pretty great. Yeah, I was. I it was like whoa. I've, it was this combination of like what I call like a forehead knocker of like oh yeah, uh, like why didn't uh, ten years ago? To, yeah. Haven't we done a horror movie? That is really about race, yeah. You, you know, and it was a combination of that, and it was not something I had ever seen before. And you're and you're reading it, and you're going, "Is this funny?" Like I didn't know where I was. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's good. Yeah, I didn't know where I was. Genre, yeah. Uh, genre wise, uh, you know, do you know it's going to work? No, like, do, do you finish scenes? going yeah no like it's like i don't know like you know is this
0: <laughs> yeah because also there's this menacing wrong to it like i imagine yeah you finish scenes and you're like that's kind of horrible yeah and it, <laughs> I, like are you
1: tipping it oh, are, yeah, yeah. you know are you setting it up without tipping it mm-hmm. i mean that's uh, you know and Jordan was, he said, you know, this it's just like comedy horror. He's, he's like, you got to set it up without anticipating it. Let the tension, you know, expand and then pull a trigger. And either it's a laugh or, you know, or it's a scream. Right. Um, he was very careful not to, he didn't want any jokes in there. There were no jokes. All the laughs, like, are i remember at one point at the end i'd get killed with uh, with a deer head yeah. uh and it was just like one take where they ram this uh deer head into yeah. me and i have a white beard and and blood co- uh, you know comes out of my mouth yeah and so they want to get it one take and my one disagreement with with him was uh i said uh can i just like boom, get hit and go oh dear uh and he said no it's a joke because of you know because it's a, because it's there is like no. Right. No. Oh really? No.
0: Um it <laughs> was a pun. Yeah, it was no, a little was pun. A, yeah,
1: yeah. You can't, uh, you can't have no room
0: for puns anywhere. But it was a 22-day shoot nobody thought it was going to work. Uh, there is a bit of a comedic relief with that the guy's friend, that comic from Chicago. What's it? Lil Rel. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that yeah, you know, that guy. It wasn't joke, but it was sort of like the that was reality calling, yeah. and that was very funny.
1: Yes. yes, great ending. Great ending. You know, he, like he changed it, right? No, I don't know anything about it. The original ending was: you see him killing everybody in the driveway, and the y- y- you hear a cop car, and you see the red lights on his face. Cut. He's in prison. Laurel, the TSA guy, is yeah. visiting him and saying, we got to get you out. We know the truth. You're not going to, you know, rot in a prison. Uh, and Chris, Daniel Clee's character says, no, it's okay. We stopped him. That was the end. The brilliant thing that Jordan did was, which could be perceived as kind of a lecture about mass incarceration or injustice or something. Sure. What he did with the ending, the way he reshot it was you see the lights in the guy's face. There is a huge laugh when the door opens and you realize it's not a cop. It's a TSA car. There's a huge laugh of relief. And it's a much more powerful way because if you are laughing at that, you have internalized the truth that the cops can be a threat to an innocent black man.
0: Oh, when you see those lights, yeah. you, you know you're the whole history of that hits you.
1: But it's so much better than yeah. just sort of telling you this, right. you know, an injustice uh, uh, occurred. What he did is the most unbelievable thing I've ever experienced. Uh, first time out of the gate, 20, yeah. 22 days. Like it was quick. Yeah. And he's a solid guy. He's the sweetest. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, and there's just glee in him. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he is kind to everybody, which I really oh,
0: appreciate. that's sweet. Did I hear you say fiance? Yeah. So you're getting married again?
1: Yeah. When's that happening? <laughs> um, I think it's gonna happen during my. It seems like when your three oldest siblings are celebrating 50 years, and the whole family's gonna be together, that might be a good time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Amy Landecker. From Transparent. From Transparent. You met her on
0: Transparent. Yeah. In her, a dress. You were yeah. wearing a dress when you met
1: her. I was wearing a dress. We did not connect at that time. Uh huh. Um, Has she been married? Yes.
0: Kids? Yes. So you've both had lives?
1: Yes. We've both come out of some emotional mm-hmm. white water into yeah. a, a, a glade, a cool pool of peace. Oh, good. Well, I hope that works out for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious yeah was, thank you it was great talking to you man Thanks you for too coming. my pleasure nice guy Wright's got a little cut to him got a little edge got a little intensity grounded I like him I like that Bradley Whitford fella as I said you can see the new season of The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu he's in that uh, that premieres this week you can uh, you see him in the movies Get Out and The Post you can watch uh, reruns of The West Wing for probably a year, if you really wanted to. I'll talk to you uh, again from uh, probably Dublin. I'm thinking may- maybe Amsterdam. I'll let you know at the time of recording. Boomer lives.